Long Island's future is our business. The Long Island Association is the region's leading nonprofit and nonpartisan business organization since 1926 and amplifies the voice of the business community. I'm Matt Cohen, the president and CEO, and your host. Let's talk about issues that impact our economy. Welcome back to Long Island's Future with me, Matt Cohen, uh, President and CEO of the Long Island Association. We've had uh, some really great episodes so far, and today's episode is about an issue that's really important to me. Uh, it's important to our region. It's important to our economy. It's really important for a lot of reasons. And today's focus is going to be childcare. You know, listeners may know I've spoken about it a lot. You know, I have an 11-year-old son named Jack, and we were really fortunate because uh, the daycare was adjacent to my wife's office. Uh, it was available. It was accessible, and we was in, and they were high quality. There It was really really great. That said, it was really expensive, which I know a lot of us have experienced with daycare programs. But you know, it's worth it because every dollar invested in childcare results in a two dollar economic return, which is which is pretty incredible. But you know, I've talked about a lot. You know, as we talk about our vision at the LIA, we talk a lot about trying to make Long Island more affordable for young professionals to stay here and raise their families. And one of the keys to that is childcare, more accessible childcare, more available childcare, more affordable childcare. It's really critical to having young professionals stay here. It's critical for employers to retaining talent. And you're going to hear a little bit more about that from my two guests today. And, you know, we've known now for some time that childcare is an economic development issue. It's a business issue, right? It's not just a, a mommy issue or a working families issue. It's really important to, to businesses and to our economy. And, you know, one of the consequences of the pandemic was to bring that to light even more. You know, we saw how critical childcare is uh, for men and women to participate in our economy, to fully participate in our economy. And you also saw childcare centers, you know, they stayed open for essential workers, but even still they lost revenues. Uh, we also saw more than ever that's an equity issue. You know, choices are, for childcare are a lot harder for low to moderate income workers because of the cost. And people who work in the childcare industry make minimum wage. They are not highly paid. And they, they should be. They're taking care of our children. So like I said, the LIA, myself, we've been talking a lot about childcare is a really important economic development issue and really important in general. And today we have two guests that are going to highlight that even more. One of my guests is Jennifer Rojas, who's the executive director of the Child Care Council of Suffolk County. And I want to mention a little bit more about that briefly because, you know, when I got to the LIA as vice president of government affairs and communications, I really wanted to join the Child Care Council of Suffolk's board because of how important I knew it was to the business community here. And also, I think it sent a strong message to have the business community represented on the Child Care Council. And I'm really happy that last Friday at the Child Care Council's annual meeting, I was elected to become the new chair person of the Child Care Council of Suffolk. Again, it means a lot to me. I think it sends a strong message to have the leader of the business, the region's business organization as the leader of the board of the Child Care Council. So I thought that was important. And in fact, my second guest is a previous chair of the Child Care Council board, Linda Arman, who's the senior vice president of corporate affairs at Bethpage Federal Credit Union, as well as the co-chair of the Long Island Regional Economic Development Council. She knows better than anyone as a businesswoman, a C-suite businesswoman herself, how important childcare is. So why don't we just get right to it? Uh, my first question is actually to both of you, but I'll, I'll start with you, Linda. You know, why should the business community care about childcare? Thanks, Matt, and thanks for having me today. And uh, hi, Jen. So the business community should care about childcare because it affects every one of us. So whether it's a mom or a dad, 
everybody contributes to the household in raising a family today. I, you know, I always say I lean in on it takes a village when you're trying to have uh, two careers and raise a family. And on Long Island, it's almost impossible to um, live here and raise a family without two incomes. And then when you throw the cost of childcare onto a family, it makes life very challenging at times, especially when people are young in their careers and may not be making as much money as maybe a more senior level person. It's really important that everybody take it seriously, that we understand the ramifications of a lack of childcare. And I think to your point, Matt, that you made earlier, the pandemic really raised that awareness when people didn't have places to send their children for a period of time or school wasn't in session, people really started to understand what the lack of childcare can do. Additionally, there's no silver bullet to this issue because it's a multifaceted issue where we need to be able to do more for childcare workers. We need to have more childcare availability. We have to figure out how to get the costs to be more palatable for people. And then that will help the business community when it comes to hiring. We talk about the great resignation, people looking to do things differently, more people looking to work remote. Childcare plays a big role in all of this. And so it's critical. It's critical to all of us if we want to continue to thrive here on the island. Yeah, you know, you're so right, Linda. And, uh, you know, you're someone that really gets it. You know, we've known each other a long time now. And uh, I think you know how much I admire you when it comes to joining the business community with the community as a whole and giving back and and having business do right by the community and be a part of that community and and investing in the right things and not just worrying about their bottom line but knowing that you know the better the community does the better the business and, and everyone will do so i'm just uh thanks for everything you do in this space you're, it's really incredible what you and, and the entire team at beth page do you're very kind thank you matt Jen, what about you? Why, you know, why should the business community care about childcare? Hi, Matt, and hi, Linda. It's really great to be on with both of you, and I really feel so lucky to have two business leaders like the both of you supporting this issue and supporting our organization. As Linda said, we parents can't work if they don't have access to reliable and affordable childcare. And often uh, what happens is parents make the decision that one of them may not work because it's just not worth the cost. And uh, while that's usually the women, nowadays it's not always, and it can set someone back in their career. And again, it's not good for our economy. And then there's the families that are single parent households, or they just can't afford to have one person stay home. And so what do they do? Um, Childcare can cost as much as $20,000 a year per child. That That's really unaffordable for a large swath of Long Island families. And so the decisions that face those families are, re- are really difficult. And and we worry about what how those decisions are being made. So it's really about making sure uh, parents have access to affordable, reliable, safe care where the children are being cared for um, and that the parents can afford. Right. And Jen, even sometimes I would think that one parent chooses to stay home with the child as opposed to working because it's it's more, you know, in terms of the, the dollars and cents, it's more beneficial for them to just stay home. Absolutely. And we see that a lot. There was actually um, some studies done in places where they eventually implemented universal child care. And when they did that, the participation of women in the workforce in the first five years went up uh, almost 20%. So we know it's having an impact and holding people back from being able to work because it's just not worth the cost. 
Right. And, and to your point, let's, you know, let's be real. As much as we talk about as a working family's issues, you know, unfortunately, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, it usually falls on the mom. Right. To stay right. home. And, and overall, it's our economy that this is affecting. So when you ask why should the business community care, um, child care actually has a high return, a rate of return on the investment because of the way the money is spent. So child care programs are buying local goods and services. Their staff live locally and they're spending their money locally. And then the parents themselves whose earnings can go up because they can afford, uh, if they can afford childcare, if they have access to childcare, then they can uh, pursue their careers and further their careers and ultimately end up earning more over their lifetime. So it, it's it, it's really important to our economy in addition to the individual families that need childcare. Right. And you mentioned the staff. And before I ask you next, the next question, I just want to say, you know, as we all know, I think, you know, I think as everyone can imagine, but we know very well, the three of us, you know, childcare workers are woefully underpaid. You know, I mean, these are men and women that we're entrusting the responsibility of watching over our kids to, and they are woefully underpaid. We really have to do something about that. Yeah. And Matt, you know, before you jump to the next question, you know, I would jump in and say, you know, we are starting to see more and more of the dads starting to take advantage of the family medical leave through New York State and right. taking a couple of weeks to so that their you know wives can get acclimated back to work and not be stressed out about putting the baby in daycare so quickly or, you know, just giving it a little more time at home or just having that opportunity to be home. So it really has become an issue, you know, it, it's really become more prevalent now to see the dad starting to take some leave time to supplement in the process. So um, it definitely has been affecting everybody, not just the woman, even though that's predominant, even though it's, it is predominant. Right. No, you're right. Yeah, no, sure. Um, and I'll tell you even personally, you know, I work from home a lot and I, I've done it in the past too, just for that very, you know, very reason. Anyway, I... Um, you know, I think, you know, most people that are listening probably know a lot about Beth Page Fellow Credit Union. They just came off another successful air show. Congratulations, Linda. Um, it was a huge success. Yeah, it was great. And, you know, obviously everyone sees how invested in our community Beth Page is. But Jen, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the Child Care Council of Suffolk and, and what you guys do? Sure. Thanks. So we are basically a hub for the child care industry. Uh, we like to think of ourselves as the core piece of in- infrastructure behind the system. We help parents. Uh, we help connect parents with child care and other services for their young children. We support the child care providers directly through training professional development, technical assistance. Um, during COVID, we were handing out uh, PPE and cleaning supplies uh, right from the very beginning all the way through the first year of COVID to make sure child care providers could remain open and safe, provide oversight. We manage the federal food program. And because we're so connected to the families and the providers, we are um, advocates for the system and for families. And I spend a lot of my time um, in Albany and in DC really trying to make sure that this system is given the respect that it deserves and that we have investments that make sense to strengthen the system so that all families can benefit from them. You're even willing to take risks. You made me the chair of the board. (laughs) You made the right call. (laughs) We're very excited about that, Matt. Everybody's thrilled. (laughs) <laughs> so, all right. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Linda. Now, a uh, quick break uh, and we'll hear from our sponsors. This podcast was produced by the EGC Group, Long Island's largest full-service marketing agency. Conveniently located in Melville, we offer strategic marketing and branding programs designed to grow your business from strategy to creative. 
Our results-driven services include digital marketing, traditional and online media buying, public relations, social media, content creation, and web development. Our clients include local businesses and national Fortune 100 companies. The EGC Content Studio, our in-house production facility, may be used to produce your social media videos, podcasts, and more. We're ready to be your trusted marketing partner. Visit egcgroup.com or call us to learn more and get a free digital audit. Just mention code LIFUTURE. The EGC Group, marketing and branding Long Island's best companies since 1985. And we're back. Linda, let me start with you this time. You're co-chair of the Long Island Regional Economic Development Council. Why don't you tell us just briefly, you know, what that entity is, what they do, and how you're prioritizing child care in your work? Sure. The governor established eight regions across the state to bring together business and community leaders to help foster economic development within their local communities. And there is a uh, process through primarily uh, Empire State Development, but many other state agencies, where there's grant applications that can be applied for to help revitalize a downtown area, to specifically help a business And a lot of this grant money is contingent upon workforce development, adding jobs to different companies, uh, to different areas, placemaking, making making areas better for the residents that live there or people that work there. Um, So so it's it's a pretty um, well-established now uh, process that um, awards multi-millions of dollars every year to different uh, villages, towns, counties, and businesses. So as a part of this process, um, every year there's different priorities. And right now, this year, we just started a new round and the priority is workforce development and childcare, which really is exciting because both are very much needed, right? So how do you retrain a workforce for jobs that may not be as prevalent now? Uh, people coming out of the pandemic have reassessed what they want to do and things maybe start a new career. So having different options for training and development is really important for those folks. Focusing in on workforce development where businesses can even uh, switch gears, maybe. Maybe something they never manufactured before after the pandemic, now they've gotten involved in. So that is one big focus. The other big focus, and Jen actually co-chairs the Child Care Committee for the Regional Economic Development Council with me, the state has put a high priority on helping to, A, we have to help the daycare centers and the child care centers with funding, and then also providing incentives as a part of the workforce development to businesses who will incorporate some form of childcare, childcare subsidies or things of the like um, into their projects. It is not, as I said earlier, none of this is a simple fix uh, or easy to do, but they're making a, a real concerted effort to show the region, uh, actually the whole state, that if we don't fix the issues with childcare, then it's almost impossible for the businesses to keep moving forward and be innovative and, and do things differently post pandemic. People are 
finally starting to realize that the two were very, very much connected. And a lot of the work that Jen does through the Child Care Council of Suffolk, as well as the sister agency in Nassau County, is really sitting on these statewide committees to help develop the different programs and grant opportunities that are made available to the various entities and child care centers on Long Island in coordination with the Regional Economic Development Council. So we become a vehicle to help spread the word, educate people, and facilitate some of the grant funding that is available. I'll defer to Jen to see if I left anything out specifically that you want to mention. Yeah, Jen, could you, you know, I I believe that when the state budget passed, it made record investments in childcare, uh, which is just extraordinary. You know, can you speak a little bit more about that? Sure. And I just want to just thank Linda for all of her work to make sure that childcare was a priority for the LIREDC. You know, I think when you look at the reports starting back in 2019, Long Island had the most robust piece on childcare, and we were just fortunate to have the leadership and everyone support the issue. And so I'm just really thankful that we have business leaders on Long Island who who really get the issue and continue to push it forward. And I think part of having those voices push these issues is why we've been able to make some progress on the child care uh, system as far as investments. So the most recent state budget did include an increase of eligibility for child care financial assistance. So for families who need help paying for child care. Uh, it's now been elevated to 300% of the poverty level, which is about 80,000 for a family of four. Uh, you will be able to get some assistance paying for child care. And that, that's a huge increase. It's up from 200%. And I think, especially for a region like ours, where the cost of living is so much higher, it really will make a difference for those families. There's also an increase in the rate that is paid to child care providers for caring for children who were on those child care subsidy and assistance programs. And that's huge. As you've mentioned, the, the workforce really needs a lot more investment in, in order to, um, to, to be able to keep providing child care. And then the third big piece was another round of stabilization grants will be coming out for child care providers. Over the past year, statewide, about $900 million was distributed, uh, over $100 million on Long Island alone to providers to help them, um, quite frankly, to help them just cover their expenses that of all the money they lost, you know, their mortgage payments they didn't weren't able to make for the past six months. So this new round of grants we're hoping will go uh, directly to the workforce. And then the fourth piece is they are continuing and expanding the task force. So in 2018, uh, the governor created a task force on child care. I was uh, fortunate enough to be a member from Long Island. The lieutenant governor at the time, Kathy Hochul, was our co-chair. And now that task force will continue. And I think that's another opportunity to keep putting forward these big ideas that we need to move us towards um, a more equitable and affordable system for everybody. That's great, Jen. Uh, It's just great to hear. Uh, You know, I'm going to ask one more question that will be done uh, just in two parts. You know, one, what more can the business community do to make a difference on this issue on child care? And is there anything else that we left out that we didn't cover that you think it's important for our listeners to know? I'll start with uh, start with you, Jen. Well, I think the piece that I, I want to hit on because I get this question a lot. We're talking in one breath about how expensive childcare is for each family, and yet we're saying the workforce is earning near poverty wages, and a lot of people don't get that. And I think it's 
important to understand that childcare is such a highly regulated industry, which we need it to be. They're caring for babies as young as six weeks old. So there's high staff ratios, there's requirements around the spacing, what type of toys and, and supplies you can have. And once you get through all of those fixed costs, what's left over from what you're charging families is what's divided up to pay your staff, because that's the only place you really have any wiggle room. And so the only way to pay more to your staff is to charge parents more. And when parents can't really afford more, you can't do that. And it's because it's it's set up in a way that this valuable service is based on parent fees rather than looking at it as a public good that would have more of an investment to balance that out. And so that's where that tension comes from. And what the most shocking stat to me is that 20% of the childcare workforce in New York State are living in poverty. That's below the poverty line. And, and compared to overall, it, it's crazy when you think of that, right? And um, it just, it, it shows how little we respect this industry. That, that's kind of the last piece I just wanted to make sure um, we clarify because it is, it is hard to say in one breath, we were charging too much to parents, but we're not paying the staff enough. Yeah, you're right. Meanwhile, these are the staff that are taking care of our, you know, our, our sons and daughters, our grandsons and granddaughters, and um, they should be compensated as such. Right. Yeah. Uh, Linda, uh, last question is to you about what more can the business community do to make a difference? And is there anything else that we didn't cover that you think is important to, to share today? I, I think that I think we cover a lot. And um, Jennifer and the agency that she works for is a great resource for parents and businesses to be able to find ways to help their employees. Right. So one, not every business is equipped to be able to offer a subsidy or offer a daycare center on site, right? But they can work with the Child Care Council of Nassau or Suffolk to be able to make recommendations. Um, they can call different, this usually works with some of the larger facilities that are more chain driven, but they can maybe work with a local provider to negotiate a discount for their employees if they're going to be sending multiple employees over there. Now, again, that's tough because of all the things Jennifer just talked about with costs. Um, but sometimes some of the providers are willing to offer a discount if multiple employees would be utilizing the service. For those that can afford to bring in childcare, that's always fantastic. There are some big companies that have been able to do it or office building complexes that can bring someone in-house to do it is always great. And if there's an availability to offer some kind of a subsidy as a benefit, it would be a well-received benefit uh, to most employees. So those are some of the things they can do. But again, just working with the childcare councils to really educate themselves as a company of what's out there for their employees and also to help uh, their employees find, you know, a better referral sources, availability of childcare and resources that are available to them. Linda and Jen, you guys are the best. Uh, thanks for having this conversation with me today. You know, we talked today about how child, you know, child care, how important it is as a, as a business issue, as an economic development issue. But let's not lose sight, right, of the fact that these are our kids, right? We're, and when, when my son Jack was in his daycare program, which I said was phenomenal, they really prepared him to go to uh, preschool and kindergarten and first grade. They prepared, they had the social skills. They really, and, and, and the education that he got, even as a young boy, 
at three, four, five years old to really be ready to go to the next phase of his life. I mean, these are kids. These are the people. These and these are the kids that are going to be taking our places one day in Long Island. It's about our kids. It's about our region. It's about our future. It's not. You know, we should really not lose sight of that. So you're both doing God's work, and I really thank you for everything you're doing. I'm looking forward to being chair of the Child Care Council board, Jen. I will try to follow in Linda's illustrious footsteps, and then Michelle Michelle Bader, who is uh, preceding me directly. Uh, so again, uh, episode five, put it in the books. I uh, hope you enjoy listening to it and uh, stay tuned. We'll see you at episode six. Thank you.